Hello and welcome to the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. This is episode 444, which means it's going to be a fun podcast because people who know, know that I love it when the numbers get sort of lined up on the podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. Just a reminder that the Photoshop Virtual Summit 5 will be happening from October 30th through November 3rd. That's a free week, free, yes, free week of Photoshop educational content. 20 instructors, over 30 hours, 40 plus classes of content all on Photoshop, including many, 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 many of the new features that are coming out in Photoshop and Camera Raw. This has happened actually after Adobe Mac, so the new content, new tools, and new techniques will actually be incorporated into the conference. So I'm really excited about that. You can find a registration link in the show notes, or you can find it up on any of my social media handles. All right, so one of the things about me and the podcast is I've been doing it long enough that I really get excited when the numbers sort of do interesting things. Like, you know, you get to episode 400 is an interesting milestone or episode 500 is an interesting milestone. But I love it when the numbers start to like line up. So 444 to me is just sort of an interesting little piece. So I wanted to sort of riff on that, play on that little episode 444 theme for this week. And so what I've got is three lists of four things that you can do for sort of enhancing your photography, sort of thinking about your photography in a different way. So the first one we're going to talk about is I think one of the things that a lot of photographers and that I hear from a lot of photographers is they want a bigger and broader community. They want to be more connected to other photographers that are interested in the same sort of things they're interested in. And some of us are in little niches where it's sometimes hard to find somebody who's got that same sort of connection and commitment. So our first list of four is four ways to be more social with the photographers you want to engage with. The first one of those is a print swap. So within that subsection of being more social, a print swap. So if there is a photographer you see or a photograph you like, or there's a photographer friend of yours, one of the great ways to be a little bit more social is to get together and do a print swap. And you can get together three, four, five, six of your friends, all bring together four, five, eight, ten 10 prints. And then you get to swap out those images. It's a great way to look at work, talk about work, talk about the images you like, images that you're connected to and why you're connected to them. But you're looking at physical objects. You're actually interacting about those photographs. You're talking about why you like certain photographs and what makes a swap equitable in terms of that process. So print swap. Another one is, I like to call it the lunch party. So one of the things that you could do is go ahead and, and you may sit there alone. I'm not going to lie to you. You may sit there alone a few times. I've sat there alone a few times doing this in the past, but a lunch party where you just put out an invitation that, hey, I'm going to be at this place. I'd love to get together and meet some photographers in the area talk over lunch about photography, things to do, easy way to do that. Similar to that, organize a photo walk. And a lot of people think photo walks are very complicated. They're very challenging to organize and put together. But it's a great way for photographers to meet and be able to go out and photograph together. And it can be as simple as, hey, I'm going to be photographing over in the Arboretum. I'm going to be photographing at this park. Oh, I'm going to be walking through downtown. Or, hey, I'm going to be traveling to Toronto. If anybody in Toronto wants to get together, Maybe do a little two-hour photo walk on a Saturday afternoon. We'd love to do that. You'd be surprised how many people are in the same boat. They want to make that connection. But they're struggling to meet people. They're struggling to reach out. And everybody's looking for a reason to get together to photograph. And yes, there are photo walks that get more complicated where they bring in models and they set up certain locations and access to things. But it's also possible just to get together, collectively make photographs. And maybe you're not a really advanced photographer. Maybe you just want to say, hey, it's an iPhone party. We're going to do an iPhone photo walk. Everybody bring your iPhone or your Android phone. No big cameras allowed. And we're just going to walk and photograph that way. But getting those people together is a chance for you not necessarily to connect with all of those people, 
But again, a chance to be more social, I'd meet a few of those photographers. The other one that I think is an interesting opportunity that a lot of us don't take advantage of in the way that we could, and it was originally sort of the idea behind some of the social media components that were out there, which was they're meant to drive actual human interaction. So one of the things that I think you could do is if there are photographers in your area that you follow through social media, reaching out to them to say, hey, you know, I really like your work. would love to get a chance to talk to you, uh, you know, hang out a little bit, however you want to phrase that. But reaching out over social media to see if somebody wants to get together for coffee. Now, you got to make sure you're not creepy about this. You're not being a stalker about this. But, you know, in, a, in an environment where there's an opportunity to engage in conversation, to actually take that through, you have an opportunity to have a face-to-face -face conversation to talk about work or to look at work. Something like that, I think, would be really interesting. So those are sort of four ideas for being a little bit more social. Now, four fun things to do photographically that I think are sort of interesting in, in fun ways to sort of flip your photography on your head or reconnect and engage with the photography. The first is rent a lens you would normally never photograph with and never use for a week and photograph only with that lens for a week and figure out how to make that lens truly work for some type of photography. As an example, rent a fisheye lens. It's a weird thing to shoot a fisheye lens. And it's a very specialized lens that's not always the greatest thing to photograph with for all subject matter. But you can do some really cool things with a fisheye lens. It would take you a couple of days to sort of figure out what you might photograph with it, but eventually you'd end up with probably some more interesting photographs. And photographing in a way you haven't imagined before, in a way you haven't seen before, by having that change of the angle of view of that lens, really introducing a different component to your way of seeing behind the camera. There's some really great opportunities, some fun things to do there. And a lot of times we rent lenses because we're thinking about buying them, or we want to try them out, or we're going on a trip and we need a specialty lens. But renting a lens you would never use normally and trying that out is a really cool experience. Maybe it's a tilt-shift lens, whatever it is, just try and renting that lens for a week. This next one is one of the, I think, it's, it comes out of sort of my film background, shooting large format. When you shoot a large format camera, everything's upside down and backwards. So compositionally, you're really looking differently at how you create that composition. But one of the things, if you want to have a lot of fun processing your photographs digitally, inside Lightroom or Photoshop, flip the image on the horizontal and flip it on the vertical. So it's upside down and backwards and edit your photograph in the upside down and backwards orientation then flip it back into its proper orientation and see how the image looks based on the edit in that abstract format. I think you'll find you make different edits and you make different sort of edits and different ways of emphasizing certain parts of photographs when they move into that ab abstract state. It's a lot of fun. It's really educational in the experience of how to better edit photographs, how to see photographs. So it's a really kind of cool process. So if you've never done that, that's definitely something to take on. Now, again, depending on whether you have a car or not, but take on the challenge of going and seeing every photo exhibit within a certain radius of your house, whether that's 10 miles, 20, 30, 50 miles of your house. And I mean, every coffee shop that's showing photo photographs, every museum, every gallery, every little art studio that might be open for an art walk, whatever it is, anybody who's got photos on display going and looking at those photographs. If there are certain corporate lobbies that are showing photography that you have public access to, going in and looking at that artwork. Whatever it is, go find and visit as many photo exhibits as you can within a set period of time. So say give yourself three months and you're going to go to every one of those. It'll be an interesting experience for you to see the work, to see what's out there, see people who are putting their work out there and seeing how you respond to the work that's out there, starting to think about how you might potentially 
connect with that work, not connect with that work, or maybe shift and think about how you might display and present your own work, even if it's in your own house. Maybe you'll see some cool designer opportunity for that. All right, the last little piece with that is visiting the library and checking out photo books on photographers that you don't know. So going in there, and even if you just ask the librarian, hey, I'm looking for some photo books, photo collections, retrospectives of some photographers, you know, you just want to sort of get them at random. Or maybe you want to get onto Amazon and look at the top 10, top 20 books that are retrospectives by photographers. Or go to photoeye.com and see who their top selling books are. And if you don't want to purchase the book, again, go to the library, get the book from the library. You get a chance to look at some amazing photographs, some amazing opportunity, really sort of a cool way to connect with and engage with photography in sort of a different sort of fun way. So again, Rennie Lenses, Processing Upside Down and Backwards, visiting photo sites and looking at books from the library of photographers that you don't know, just to see if you can kind of broaden your appeal and understanding of the photographic world. Okay, the last little list of four is four ways to be more you in your photography. So we all sort of want to make sure we're being ourselves in our work. We want to try to communicate the things that matter to us in our work. We want to create work that is significant and meaningful. And so to do that, we have to have more of us in that work and that challenge and that work and that heavy lifting to get ourselves into the work. So here's sort of four things we can do for that. One is write down a list of everything that inspires you in life. What are those things that are inspirational for you? It may be your faith, your religion. It could be your family. It could be your connection to nature. It could be a friend. It could be a job. It could be your creative act. It could be a place. It could be a time. It could be an event. It could be a, a movie. It could be a book. It could be poetry. Whatever it is, make that list of all the things that inspire you. And then recognize you know, how those things sort of connect with you and how they drive sort of your experience in life and how they sort of come into your photography. And similar to that, you know, write down a list of who are your influences? Who influences your photography? And these aren't people that you're necessarily you know, sort of imitating, but these are people whose voice and their sensibility and their approach to their craft and art of photography shapes and guides sort of your appreciation of your own work. It's not that you're, again, replicating them, but again, they're informative of there. So in like the landscape space, you know, Ansel Adams had this grand vision of the pristine beauty of nature. So if you photograph the beauty of nature, that's potentially an influence, whether or not you would acknowledge Ansel or not, that that could be an influence on you and your photography. So looking at who are your influences and again, spending the time to understand what is it about their influence on you that guides and shapes and understands your photography? Because that's going to help you understand more about why you create the photographs, because these are the influences from the people who are creating the work, from the people who are creating an understanding of what makes their work interesting enough to you that it's got some little hook in your brain that's making you sort of have that underpinning subconscious influence, inspiration to create work that's meaningful for you, using them sort of as a sub subconscious guide or conscious guide in some cases. So I think another piece for you to do is to identify four or five key emotions that you want to convey in your photography. Not things you think you want to convey in your photography, not things you think you want to not communicate in your photography, not emotions that you think would be good, 
but truly the emotions. What are the true emotions that you want to convey in your photography? And write those down again. Get that list of what are these emotions that you want to have expressed in your photography. They could be anger, sadness, joy, awe, wonder, whatever the emotion is, all emotions are good. All emotions felt are important and valid. So we need to have that question of then, how do we translate that emotion into our work? And I think that's the, you know, our fourth step here is then taking whatever those emotions are, taking the things that inspire us, taking what our influences are. So take those three things on the prior part of the list and then looking at what are things you could photograph and ways you could photograph that incorporate those three elements together? How do you make sure you're communicating the emotion and the emotional weight that you want, the emotional experience that you want, under the awareness of the influence of an influence and the inspiration that comes from something that inspires you to take that step? And maybe it just offers you a little more, maybe the inspiration is somebody who gives you the courage to communicate something emotionally you haven't tried to do in the photograph before, in a photographic method before. There's an opportunity there to extend, enhance, expand sort of your approach to your photography that I think would be an interesting road and, and journey for you to take in understanding how to create more meaningful work. So there's our little three list of four things, how to be more you, how to be more social, and how to have a little bit more fun with your photography. So hopefully you've got something in there, heard something in there that you think, yeah, I might want to try that out, see if that really does sort of make a difference. Thank you for joining me for the podcast this week. Don't forget, we come out every Monday. We've got a new podcast on The Perceptive Photographer. Really do appreciate you listening and subscribing to the podcast, no matter what platform you're on. Again, my name is Daniel Gregory, the host of The Perceptive Photographer Podcast, and I will see you next time.